Hello and welcome back to the Down to the Wire podcast. It's been a little while, but I think it's been about a month actually. Feels like a very, very long time since uh, Jack and I were here talking to you about uh, the latest and greatest in sports. Jack, how are you doing? I'm pretty good. I mean, fantasy sports are in full flow. I've aced my Premier League one. I'm just outside the top 5k. My NFL fantasy, I've won my week one matchup. Ronaldo's back at Man United. And Formula One's in full swing after a triple header. I mean, life doesn't get much better than this. Well, and most importantly, Jordan Henderson scored an absolute screamer for Liverpool last night. Um, <laughs> um, no, yeah, I was thinking this earlier, actually, you know, you said about Ronaldo. The last time we did the podcast, um, I think Messi was probably still a Barcelona player. Um, I think. Lukaku that- would have still been an Inter player. Yes, because if I remember our, our last podcast, we made predictions about where teams were going to finish, and we said, mm. I th- well, I think... Well, that I was think it. it was we even comments about, of Kane would, being at Man City. Yes, we said, if Kane s- signs for City, they'll win the title, and he didn't. Um, so here we are, how quickly things can change in a month. Um, anyway, today we're talking F1, because we've had our little... Uh, we've had our little break. F1's had its little break, and they were back with a triple header after their little break. Um, we're kind of going to do coverage of all of them, really, because Spa wasn't really a race. It was a non-starter. Um, technically, <laughs> hey, very good, very good. Um, it was technically a race, but really it wasn't a race. Um, then we had Zandvoort, and last weekend we had... Monza. Monza, sorry, thank thank you for that. I was uh, on a bit of a blank I mean, it, it was on the notes, so... <laughs> it was on the notes, but I, I, I didn't actually have it open, so I was doing that off the top of my head. Um... <laughs> There we are. Right, should we just dive in? Let's do it. Right. Spa was two laps. Next race. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, the reason we didn't do a podcast after it was purely because it was like there's nothing to say. It had just been it rained. Um, yeah, yeah. So the, originally our plan was we we didn't we weren't planning to do anything after we did the um, the preseason. Um, sorry, the Premier League season preview. Um, then there was. Uh, spa and it was wet then there was Zandvoort and we didn't really manage to find the time and now we're here so yeah that's where we're at but yeah Spa was um, um, a little bit of a damp squib um, not not a lot happened because it was was it two laps literally two laps or three laps no they had to do three behind the safety car I think they ended up doing something like six um, mm. But it was Obviously. literally the mi- it was the minimum yeah. amount required for it to be classed as a race and for them to yeah. award points, half points. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, I I wouldn't be surprised if there's some changes after that because I think um, and a lot of the drivers pointed it out actually, like the a lot of the fans had been. Uh, oh yeah, that was a long day for fans. Yeah, and it was pretty miserable to be fair um so they just kind of waited around to see cars go around very slowly a handful of times and then that was it um to to be honest if it wasn't spa i think they might have put that race on but there was so much talk about a rouge after lando's crash and the fact that mm. you know so many people you know there's such because cars are so quick Mm. (laughs) it's like before you could get away with it now they're just so quick that yeah up a rouge you can't really be going in that sort of conditions i think like let's say that was monza i think they might have done it but around spa just a touch too dangerous yeah maybe um i mean 
I, I I don't know why they went ahead with it in light of the uh, in light of the weather if they were never planning to race. Um, and it seemed like they. I can understand why they waited to a certain extent, but it was almost like they just waited, 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 waited. Oh, we've got to do something. Did six laps, and they were like, "Oh yeah, that, that'll do." Um, which well, you can isn't... see they put their thinking caps on and said, "It'll cost us a lot of money if we don't get this yes. done today. Yes. Just get them around there for a few, and then we can get out of you." But... Yeah, jobs are good. And, um, I mean, I think Fernando Alonso made a good point. He said, "How can you call it a race if you're not allowed to overtake?" Hmm. And I think that's a pretty valid point, to be honest. Can't really argue with that. Um, Seriously, would you have rather they cancelled the race? Let's say the option of postponing wasn't an option because Formula 1 takes quite a lot of logistics to organise. Would you have preferred them to have cancelled that than to award any points? Because in a sense, I know there was no race, but then you decredit the qualifying in a sense. I mean, particularly for guys like George Russell, it was all for now to... Would you have preferred it to be cancelled, or would you want to see something like a ten percent point awarded? Are you happy with fifty percent? I mean, where, I, where do you I, lie? Don't, I don't necessarily have an issue with points being awarded. I think my issue is that they could have rescheduled. Um, I think I know I, I get what you're saying about logistically. But, you know, it's not like they've got to do. It. They have to do it the next day. They could tag it on at the end of the season. For, you know, possibly. I don't know. You're not telling me that they didn't have but, any other option. What would happen um, with qualifying then, though? Would you want the qualifying carried over? Um, a fresh qualifying? No, I I would say just do a fresh qualifying. I I know that okay. I know that's brutal then, in terms yeah. of uh, you know for George Russell, but it's brutal for everyone. You know, you think of about a guy is, like yeah. Stappen, you it's, it's such a long circuit. You got to nail it, and it's like yeah, like oh, I I think there's a lot of you could be aggrieved both ways. I feel like because obviously this is probably one of the worst outcomes because you've basically just not bothered. You've gone, uh, we're just. Well, it's the bare minimum, isn't around. it? It's literally yeah. the bare minimum in order for points to be awarded and for it to be classed as a race. Mm. But I don't think as, I a do, comp- I... as a competition side of things, though, equally you could say it was. I wouldn't say the fairest because obviously doing it for another time, but fair in the way of you're not. You, it's it's always it's a kick in the teeth if you take something away from somebody. I don't yes. think F one ever tries to take something away. So by putting it on a different day and saying that the qualifying, you know, like it doesn't make sense to carry qualifying over to if it's on a different no. occasion, but also to not give them anything for it is kind of like mm. well. So I, yeah, I get what you mean. I mean, I suppose um, I think the issue is more from um, the, the fans' perspective. Um, rather than the points being awarded and whether it's a race, etc. As in, like, the fans have paid very good money to go and watch a race and they've watched less than 10 laps of cars driving around behind other cars very slowly. And well, they I imagine they probably, got, they probably got refunds or some because there was a lot of talk oh, yeah, about I'm sure they afterwards. Did. Yeah. I'm sure they did, but still, you know, as in that's not... Um, I think... Yeah, I don't know. I'm a little bit jury's out. I, I, I mean, it's it's a it's a bit of a. You'd have liked them to do it a different day. I ideally, I think, I mean, I I don't know what the logistics are, but I feel like. Basically, my thoughts are that they waited so long, you were looking at it and going, "This is never going to dry up," and then they just waited, 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 and then they did like six laps, and they've 
if it they may not have meant for it to be like that but it feels like they've literally done the bare minimum like you said just kind of go right that's done on to the next one um you know so yeah a little i i can understand both sides though i don't think there's a right or wrong i, I think it's a bit of a lose lose either way ultimately that's it good result for russell though oh well yeah he he wasn't going to finish second uh, had they not put that race on that day um, yeah so yeah phenomenal for williams i, I although i got to say i bet he I reckon, as much as he's really glad he's got a second in the Williams, I bet it doesn't really feel like a podium for him. Oh, no, it's probably a bit of a... feels like a little bit of a... Anticlimatic. Yes, definitely. Definitely. Mm. 100%. Yeah. And that was Spa, pretty much. There's not a lot else to say about Spa. It was wet. (laughs) Hmm. So that one was bad for the fans. Then we went to race two in Zandvoort, and that was probably the most electric I've ever seen a race in my life. It looked insane. (laughs) Yeah, it it was bonkers. Um... And i, I got to say, Zandvoort is a cracking circuit. Obviously, we were meant to have Zandvoort for the first time last, last season, season because of COVID. It didn't happen. Um, so this is our first race at Zandvoort. Um, got a few funky... Obviously, Zandvoort it's had some updates, but Zandvoort is a fairly old circuit. Mm. Um, but it's... Uh, I think I'm right in saying it's new to the F1 calendar, isn't it? It's, I don't think we've ever had it before. No, I, I think uh, they have. I think oh, they have. Uh because I think when they were going round, they were showing the previous race winners. Oh, yes, And you were looking yeah, at guys like Senna and guys Sorry. like that, and you are like, this is really, really old. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Vintage um, Formula 1. Um, but, yeah, but interesting I, circuit. Nice tunes. Some interesting Yeah, tunes. that's the thing. They they modernised it, but they not modernised in the way where they made it really boring, like all the Tilka tracks, but rather <laughs> they adapted it to make it more entertaining because I think everyone knew you weren't going to be able to fit two Formula One cars around the whole circuit. So they went, no. Let's let's make this banked turn where you can have something like five different driving lines, which all are pretty much yeah. as good as each other, all good overtaking opportunities. And it it, it was, I mean, turn, um, lap one was just insane. It was just yeah. cars all over the place, and it was just like, oh, it was like go karting. It was incredible. Yeah, I mean, it was that that first bank turn. I think is the one that's. Um... The most interesting because you've got, um, as you said, you know th- there are multiple driving lines that you could take, and I think that first bag turn, you've got the quickest line, which is basically right on the top of the um, the bank, I guess, is what you want to call mm-hmm. it, like the very outside of the track. That's the quickest line, but if you're a car following, the shortest line is the inside line. So if you can kind of make that stick, but it made some f- um, some very interesting. Um, Interested in qualifying and interested in the race because you had drivers kind of testing things out and putting their cars in. Uh, well, usually areas. on turns, the fastest line is the inside. So yeah. to find the fastest lines the outside instantly made it like that is that's probably, that's probably the coolest thing a circuit can bring to Formula One just because it's like what earth are you meant to do? It's like it's, yeah, it's a complete flip of the script. Like not only before where the inside is the fastest, it's also the easiest to protect because. If somebody wants to get past, they got to go mm. the long way around. Whilst you say the quickest is the long way around, uh, it's going to make it. You know what I mean? It was just chaos, uh, but that was it was good chaos. Not, mm. I mean, yeah. it's, it, it, the circuit itself was brilliant. I mean, I don't know whether it'll benefit next season a bit more from have, for the cars being a bit smaller. Hundred percent. Um, because. Uh, 
the, you know, it is still quite a narrow circuit. Um, oh yeah. But as in, you know, is it, it? I don't think that's. I think that's just that the cars are so big. They're just absolutely yeah. enormous. I was thinking that last night because I, I don't know if you've watched that new Schumacher film on Netflix. I haven't yet. No. But. They were driving around, and I thought, this looks epic. They're just all weaving left, right, left, right. Well, not weaving, but in a sense going, okay, now I'm going to go this side to try and overtake. Now I'm going to go mm. this side to try. And it's just because the cars were smaller. And yeah, it's and like, they're darty. I, they, I they don't kind think, of... Sorry, go on. I don't think when they came out with the regulations for the cars we currently have, they thought quite so much. I think they thought big cars, there's more to work with. You're going to see the Formula One. Yeah. And I don't think anyone ever thought of the fact, hang on, the tracks are only so wide. Mm. Or at least the driving line's only so wide. Um, yeah. That y- you can't really get away with that. So well, I think and... going back to the smaller cars smart. Yeah, I mean, I think the thing is as well, like when you look at the how the aero works, is, and I, I don't think they perhaps considered that the impact of moving off the driving line would be so severe that you're mm-hmm. better off just kind of sitting behind a car lap after lap. <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, so, but yeah, I feel like Zandvoort would be one of those ones that almost certainly benefits from having a, a slightly narrower, shorter car. Um, perhaps yeah. a bit more nimble, especially through those uh, twisty sections. Well, that's the thing. After that bank turn where you have that sort of... It's almost like Suzuka. Suzuka's got mm. the relatively sharp left, right, left, right, left, right, where you can only have one car. But Zandvoort was like, nah will do subtle left, right, left, right quite quickly. And it was just like, I mean, if you watch, I think it was Giovinazzi and Ocon, both of them were the big losers uh, in that twisty section because both of them found themselves on the outside of either a two or a three at some stages. And it was just like where the track went back in, there was no room for Giovinazzi. Then it was down to like Ocon and uh, Leclerc into the next one and there was no room for Ocon. So we dropped. Mm. So it was just like, it was almost like, uh, imagine Star Wars or something. You've got a, flight, a fleet of um, ships all going towards them and all getting pinged off one at a time next to you because yeah, it's like it's just, there's no know. room on the track for them anymore. Uh, but yeah, when they come out with a smaller car, I think it'll be, uh, be some terrific races around there. Yeah, hopefully it's not the same as previous where they say, oh, it'll be the most overtaken we've ever seen, and it just isn't. Um, mm. But speaking about the race specifically then, um, as you said, lap one, lap one was pretty epic, especially watching out of that bank too. And like you said, there was cars everywhere. Mm. You're like, oh my goodness, what's going on? Um, and I, I don't know how there wasn't some sort of accident, in all honesty, especially on that, yeah. that first bank turn, just because it's so... Uh, um, I'm trying to think of the word. It's so like out there in terms of a corner. It's quite unique. Um, yeah, and what was interesting was despite qualifying and practice everyone realizing the outside was the quickest everyone went defend the inside like their lives and then i think it was only alonso who went who almost actually made contact with Ocon, yeah yeah, uh, yeah. he just chucked it, it around the outside went, didn't he i'll go around the outside then and he i think he took like four people it was like yeah can't blame the guy <laughs> it was, it was yeah. very logical um but yeah he was the only person who really mm. did something different um yeah but in terms of the race one, yeah, I mean, it, it was pretty much a, a stroll, I think, wasn't it? Um, yeah, Formula One puns <laughs> um, for for Red. Well, for Verstappen, mainly. He's in. It never really. Uh, no. Well, I say never. It was never in doubt, but Hamilton kind of kept him kept him honest. I would say. Yeah, pitted um, early to try and get the undercut. Yes. Then they used Bottas as a blocker. 
uh, which yeah, to be they, fair yeah. did bring about a four second gap down to less than a second when he let yeah, Hamilton Yeah, and then, and then through, Hamilton's but... tyres just went off, didn't they, at the end, so he was kind of just doing his yeah, own did, thing. Didn't they pit him onto the hards? And Verstappen pitted onto the mediums, or was that Monza where that happened? No, no, it was definitely Zandvoort. I'm pretty sure Hamilton got pitted onto a set of tyres which he just probably didn't need. Whilst yeah, um, possibly Verstappen just looked fine. Oh no, it might be the other way around. I think Verstappen was on the hards, yeah. Hamilton was on the mediums, and he, you know the mediums were never going to do it. And I think you know they're putting that out throughout the race, uh, the commentary team. But yeah. I think they tried the medium to see if they could get so much speed that they could overtake Verstappen and hold him behind, mm. hopefully. But Verstappen, I think with the Dutch crowd there, I mean, it was it was a rave pretty much for most of the uh, race. Yeah, so it was. But, the flares um, yeah. going off, oh, proper good. I um, I feel like that race kind of summarised how Mercedes have been for a big chunk of this season, to be honest. Um, in terms of, I feel like they have to perform. Well, Hamilton has to perform at his absolute maximum in the car, and tactically they have to try and pull out all of the stops, just to be close. And even then, you could argue that at the end of the race, it wasn't really that close. Well, it wasn't because Hamilton had to pit again to go onto the soft tyres. So oh, that was nervy. But he, he didn't do he that was. because he needed new tyres. <laughs> he did it because Bottas almost stole Fast's lap. Yeah. He went, Bottas goes on to them. I, I, to be honest, I couldn't understand that for Mercedes. He said it was precautionary. And to be yeah. fair, he did have like a 40-second gap on. I think it was Gasly. But yeah. it was like, you put him onto the softest. What did you expect he was going to do? Yeah. And he went, he set two purples. And even though the third <laughs> sector was a, a was yellow, a... he was like, it still was a distance yeah. quicker <laughs> it was when uh, he went he was going around and uh, i think it was croft he said oh he's is he gonna do a fast lap and then jensen was in commentary he was like oh no he's just in a purple sector one <laughs> <laughs> it's like oh and no this could was, get messy i think it was the, the his um pet guy james came up battery abort the lap abort yeah the lap. <laughs> it's like you're going yeah. too quick yeah it was, it was like, like still okay. got it regardless. yeah because they, they said didn't they they said um so I think as, as he was coming in, they said, okay, Valtteri, we're not going for faster slap. This is just precautionary. So that was like his race engineer. And then the more senior person came on mid-lap and they were like, okay, Valtteri, we're not going for faster slap. Abort, please. Abort. <laughs> I, I, <laughs> you could, I you think could it was feel as well. just went, why not? <laughs> yeah. <like> I can. <laughs> yeah. Stop and he, and he, he did purple it, but apparently he very much pulled out in the final sector. So he was still the he fastest by the distance at that point. And then Hamilton went around and just rinsed it again um mm. having pitted um but yeah that not again not a massive amount to say about Zanvort really in all on in all honesty it was I um think Sergio Perez and Alonso I think were the only two people who really mm. found alternative driving lines to get past people I mean, well uh, Perez was overtaking everybody pretty much um, he was I feel like um I think I'm right in saying this somewhere he said though that like he was pretty much on the limit as in every overtake he said he did was very risky, and it was just to try and get as many points as he could. Because he, I'm not saying he didn't qualify particularly well, did he? I can't uh, remember now. No, but I, I'm pretty sure he had to pit almost immediately because he did something to his tyres. Yeah, it was and something then he was like instantly that. Instantly onto a set of hards, and which was disappointing because I think when Sainz pitted, he was behind him, and I think they were like eight ninths at that point. Um, yeah. But bearing in mind at that point, Perez had already pitted once, um, so yeah. it was kind of just like one of those ah. Oh, what could have been had? I think I can't remember what the incident was though. It was turn. It was either lap one or lap two, but he, he had an issue where he had to pit almost. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It might have so even he, been his front wing. 
Uh, but I can't remember. But he, he basically remember. he was fighting through the field for the whole race. Um, and fighting well. Yes, very well. Um, I think that's it for Zandvoort, is it? Yeah, let's move on so to Monza. So in summary, like, like the circuit, not a massive amount of overtaking. Hopefully it'll be better with smaller cars next season. Yeah. On to the next one. Monza. Right, this is this is where we're going to have a bit more to talk about. Um, I mean, firstly, we had uh, the second sprint race, or sorry, sprint qualifying, because it's not a race, is it? Um, according to some donkey in the FIA, like it's clearly a race. Um, so, well, I say first we had the sprint race. First we had qualifying for the sprint race, um, which was, yeah, interesting. So Bottas... Um, <coughs> excuse me, Bottas got pole for the sprint race, um, having taken a load of uh, penalties for new parts, um, followed by Hamilton, followed by Verstappen. Um, I think I'm right in saying that Verstappen was a lot closer than would have been expected. Um, yeah, I think he had a double toe off he had a double to- and yeah, Perez to get there. He did, he but- did. I think everyone had a double toe from somebody because if you're behind Verstappen, you're going to have a triple toe, quadruple toe, <laughs> <laughs> so on and so forth. But yeah, um, I mean, I guess we had the usual shenanigans at Monza with people trying to. Uh, well, people get almost got taken out the pit lanes. Yeah, it was the Aston Martins when like both of them came out at the same time. It was like, what on earth are you doing? Yeah, not smart. But um, <laughs> but it's funny. I don't understand. Like, this is the. Third year in a row now, where I would say it's been a big problem. Because um, the year that we went to watch, I think, was the first year that I'd really noticed it. Because that was the year where they all kind of, like, were trying to get the toe. That was the year that Hulkenberg went straight on at the chicane. Um, yeah, just, in just order to, to lock up and be at the back. Yes. And then they kind of got, like, two-thirds of the way around the, the lap. And they were like, sugar, we're not going to get around quick enough to start our fast lap. So they all well, just, like, the thing bombed is, I it. Think... <laughs> I think the fast guys all realised that by the first turn. They said, we've got to actually get there. And I think it was guys like Leclerc who trying to push their way through, but they were getting blocked. Yeah. There were just so many of them in front of them. So it's just like, yeah. oh, it was never going to work. Um, but yeah, I, did, cha- I, don't... I don't know what they changed in the rules to stop that, but basically well, they... it just became a race out of the pits instead. I think they, um, they changed the minimum lap time. Sorry, the maximum lap time. As in the maximum amount of time you can take to do a yeah, lap yeah. without being penalised. Um, but still, like it's the same every year because it's just quite similar to what happened to Azerbaijan, really. To be honest, as in, like you saw, you know, Leclerc get up into the top three, where realistically, if he doesn't have the toe, he's probably not even in the top five. Um, so you know, I, I, and I don't really know how you can resolve that because it's so powerful. As in, well, just look at Verstappen. I think Verstappen, when they were looking at all of the times, Verstappen's time was probably worthy of about sixth. And then because he had the double toe, he ended up third. Well, you know, that's huge. As in, that's a, that's a significant jump. So, you know, when you're going to have that sort of impact, I guess you're going to have people queuing up and being a bit cutthroat in the pits. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's it. It's the thing is, you can't blame teams for doing it. No, of course because, not. They're all trying to get an advantage. Yeah. You, you, you don't purposely hinder yourself because there's no, no, there's no point. Um so yeah, really, you don't. You don't. You don't get makers point... to find a way to exactly. 
yeah, you don't you don't get points for being uh, polite in Formula One, unfortunately. Um, no. but yeah, they they need to have some sort of regular. I don't know how they would do it, but they need to do something. I think. Um, so yeah, that was qualifying. Um, then we move on to the sprint race. Um, and I guess the biggest um, talking point would be that Hamilton dropped down like a stone. Um, had an absolutely shocking start off the line. Um, and I think uh, like when you watch it back, it was in that kind of second phase. He kind of bogged down. And then in that kind of second phase of the start, like he was just swamped. I think he had Gasly one side, he had Leclerc the other. And he, he just couldn't... Um, he, he was very lucky Gasly didn't overtake him as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was like, I, can't, I can't remember what happened. I think, you know, he lost his front wing from somebody. I think somebody he took just he took damage, didn't he? So somebody... Yeah. He was alongside Hamilton. Oh, it was Norris. I think he yes, kicked the back of Norris's car. And then, and then it, the wing... it, wasn't, it was pretty innocuous, but mm. it knocked it down one... I think he hit it one side, which caused the other side to and drop then to the floor. And it fell the wheels. And it just went into him and he went spearing off straight at the two. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um... um so yeah, so after the, the sprint race, um, we had um, Bottas on pole, but then he had to take all of his penalties, which dropped him to last. So basically, you had Verstappen on pole, followed by Ricardo and Norris, followed by Hamilton. Um, before Verstappen we move on... No, I said Verstappen, didn't I? <laughs> oh, did you? Oh, I thought you just went Bottas to Ricardo. I mean... No, no, no. Um, so Verstappen, Ricardo, Norris, Hamilton. Um, yeah. Before we move on to the race itself now that we've had so we had the first sprint qualifying at Silverstone um, so I guess there was a bit of novelty there we've now had the second one at Monza what are your thoughts now that we've had it you know the novelty is worn off a little bit what, what are your thoughts the outcome of this sprint race was a good one but I think I can't remember who but somebody put on Twitter that a sprint race is the equivalent of football trying to introduce a 20-minute game hoping for a 5-4 result. People aren't going to change the way they race or play football if it was a 20-minute game mm. just just to appease the rule makers. That a race finds its ebbs and flows naturally. It, mm. You can't force them by yeah. decreasing the period of time, especially in a sprint race where it's not really worthwhile taking risks because it basically is just a glorified qualifying um, yeah, but yeah, I I still don't think I'm in favour of them. I like I like the idea of in, uh, including something which means that you can get more variation in starting positions and results. Mm. But by and large, I don't think it added anything. No, I um after Silverstone, I was a little bit juries out. Um, now I've come to the conclusion that in terms of using it as a tool for qualifying, um, I don't like it. I think it's a bit gimmicky. Um, I kind of agree with what you said in that it led to, you know, you had the two McLarens on the front row, which had you not had the sprint race, you wouldn't have had them as high up. Equally, had you not had the sprint race, you would have had Hamilton dropping down the grid on race day, which I think would have also made for a bit of drama. Um, it would have, but in a sense, we did get 20 laps of what that was, and he couldn't overtake, so... We, in a sense, yeah, we just had true. 30 more laps of it, and unless Hamilton tried an early pit or something. I, like, all, all then, that really would have happened was meant that if there wasn't a sprint race, Bottas would have been at the back, Verstappen would have won it by a landslide, probably, mm. uh, and Danny Rick and Norris would have finished third and fourth. But um, you, say, you say we saw Hamilton 
just stuck behind the McLarens, and that's true. But because of the length of the sprint race, there's no there's no strategic advantage to pit in because you're never going to make it back up. Whereas in a race where you've got an extra 50-odd laps, you know, for example, Mercedes could have gone, right, plan B, we go really fast on the tyres that we're on now, pit early, and then go for the hards at the end of the race. So you do like a short first stint and a long second stint. Well, because I, I of the think way Mercedes tried... No, it was uh, the McLarens that tried that. The reason they... One of the reasons they got ahead was that they started on the soft in the sprint race, yeah. whilst everyone else started the medium. So exactly, you did still get those variation, but but, but what I mean just is wasn't powerful enough. Yes, and I guess what I'm saying is I agree with you in that if you look at what happened in the sprint race, there's an argument to be said that in the actual race, how how do you know that it would have turned out any different? Well, you don't know, but as in at least you would have had the potential variation of pit strategy. Whereas in a sprint race, it's just not worth the time because it's so short, you're never going to make that time back up. But I, I think that's a a minor point, really, is in, I think, I don't know, I, I still feel I still feel that the sprint race is a bit gimmicky. And I think because it's only for qualifying, as you said, like for a lot of drivers, unless you have a stinker in the, you know, like the, the, the qualifying for the sprint race, if that makes sense, the... Um, unless you're at the top or you're right at the back the sprint race just isn't worth the risk you're better off just holding position mm-hmm. do, do you know what I mean um, so yeah because I'm, I'm... All, all we've seen from two sprint races is the first one Perez had an incident which put him at the back and in the second one Gasly had an incident which put him at the back Yeah. apart from that it's like in a sense, you could have ten sprint races. All that will happen is you'll keep having one person drop to the back or something yeah. like that. And it, it doesn't create more racing. It just means that someone's going to be the unlucky guy that falls to the back every time. Yeah, and someone gets involved in an incident. I think like the food in Silverstone, Alonso just went on an absolute charge. Hmm. Um, and I can't. I'm sure somebody went on an absolute charge in Monza, but I can't remember who it was. But yeah, isn't you talking like two drivers of twenty odd? And as in, is it really worth... I don't know, I can't help but feel that it makes the initial qualifying just pointless. It just makes it irrelevant. It, it, it does just make it irrelevant. Because um, you're qualifying to get an order for the qualifying for the race. <laughs> um, equally, it does mean you have qualifying on Friday, sprint race Saturday, race Sunday, which is quite nice, to be fair. I'm not going to lie, it's pretty cool coming home it's... from work on the Friday to have uh, a bit of Formula 1 on the TV. It is a success in that what the Formula 1 aimed was to make the weekend more entertaining in a sense. Because at present, it is a Friday practice which nobody really cares about. Saturday qualifying, Sunday race. Now you've got mm. something on every day, so it makes that sort of all-weekend yeah. ticket that little bit more valuable. But... Well then... Is that there is cost? there an argument? Is it an argument that they should use the um, sprint race as its own separate event, rather than just as a tool for qualifying? You know, like like they do in the in the F two, where they have a, a sprint race and then they have a feature race, which is their their normal race. If that makes sense. Um, I don't think I enjoyed the sprint race enough to want a sprint race instead of a normal race. No, 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 not instead of, as an addition to. So in the F2, I'm pretty yeah. sure they do qualify in, sprint race, and then feature race. But what are you gaining from a sprint race? 
So you, you you award points, but it's just a different type of race, so the feature race. So for example So for example, if you have a sprint race rather than qualifying, you award a certain amount of points, treat it like a normal race, but just over a shorter distance. And then you kind of remove the variable and it doesn't impact I, I can't remember now, but I don't think it impacts where you start on the Sunday. So it's like its own individual event. Yeah, well, I, yeah. I don't see how it's much different unless you're awarding more points. It, like we still get the same result, I think. Well, I mean, or are you saying people hold um, off because they don't want to take I, damage? I would think so. I would think that. I think the more points is a factor. Um, for example, let if you use Monza as as a template, right? Um, Red Bull may go, right? Well. And this is, I, you know, I'm not saying there's any sort of logic behind this, but a, t- a team, Team A, for example, may go, right, I think over the course of a full race, we can't challenge Team B, but over the course of a feature race, we can. So tactically, well, we're going to do this for the feature race and this for the... For the sorry. Why, this, why could this they, this, Well, because what, it's just what, what a different length of... What makes them more racy? Uh, for example, they may not be quite as good in terms of maintaining tyres. So when the race is shorter, they can go on the faster tyre... For a short amount of time, and they can be quicker than they could be in the feature. Is in it's it's a different type of race. I'm not saying that it would work. I just you know, um, I think I would be more in favour of having a feature race in in its own individual right than having. Sorry, I'd be in favour of having a sprint race in its own individual right rather than having sprint qualifying for a race. Does that make sense? Um, I disagree. I, I, yeah, I don't see there's enough merit of a sprint race for it to stick around, even as its own thing. Um, and I don't think awarding more points will change much. Like in a sense, the Formula One cars are so finely tuned. All that would have really happened was, assuming Bottas didn't have all the grid penalties, he would have just got even more points on the weekend. Mm. Nothing else would have changed. Like in a sense, he's just doubling down. You may as well just bring back double point weekends in a sense so uh, you know for these one-off occasions mm. because that's all that's the only result you're going to get from a sprint race is the same as the same as a normal race bar like well one or two small positional changes i don't i don't know what they do in terms of points for the sprint race i don't know whether they award i don't think they award the full complement of points um but yeah and i'm not saying that i am hugely in favor of it but I think I would be open to the idea of that more than I am to sprint qualifying. Because at least for me, in my head, it has more of a purpose. Whereas I feel like the sprint qualifying is F1's attempt, A, to extend the weekends. You have more oh, of the important I'll agree with you stuff. There. But I, I don't like the idea of a sprint race end of <laughs> like yeah oh yeah as i don't like oh, no, it. I'd agree I, with you there. I prefer to strip it out and say it's not part of qualifying i would prefer I really want it if you ask me <laughs> if you ask me what i want i want qualifying followed by a race that's what i want yeah um that that's where i'm at i'd someone you know, say the current format works pretty well yeah and well and the thing is this this is the thing is in like part of the thing is to attract new fans like if somebody, if I was sat with somebody who'd not watched Formula One before, and I'd showed them that sprint qualifying for Monza, they'd be like, "Well, I'm not watching any more of that because it was so boring. Nothing happened. It was, yeah. Anyway, I feel like we could get caught up talking about uh, 
just sprint qualifying for blooming ages. Um, should we talk about the race, the actual race, yeah. the good bit? Um, so Which I mean, was the first, quite a good race to be fair. It was. Do you know what? After the sprint qualifying, I, I wasn't holding out much hope, but the race itself, I thought. Now this might be a bit controversial. I thought it was the best race of the season so far. If you'd have put that in the notes, I would have thought what race was better. And I'm just going for my head of the previous races. Oh well, I'll I'll carry on talking for a moment, and you try and have a think of uh, of what race you would argue was better. Um, okay. So, yeah, after the uh, sprint qualifying, you had obviously, as we said on the front row, you had Verstappen followed by Danny Rick followed by Landon Norris. Um, it was quite interesting off the start. I I. I don't know, I feel like because Danny Rick was so hungry, you always had that little feeling that um, he was going to try something off the start. And he did. He managed to beat Verstappen to turn one. Um, yeah, and it, to be fair, I think um, McLaren's just had a brilliant weekend. They 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 controlled... Well, Daniel Ricciardo controlled the race very well, as in he wasn't necessarily just driving off from Verstappen. Verstappen wasn't gaining on him at any point, really. Um, so, yeah, that was uh, that was entertaining to see. It was nice to see Danny Rick... Um, well, it was nice to see McLaren, actually, just competing for a race win. It's been a, a long, long time. I do um, think that that probably wraps up third place for them. There's well, in the constructors, so many, yeah. Yeah, there's so Wouldn't many points me. that have got from that that there's no way Ferrari... Yeah, I, I don't think... And the thing is, I know McLaren have been a little bit up and down in terms of form, but, but Danny Ferrari, good. yeah, Danny Rick, Danny Rick is coming good. That's interesting. That's a good point, actually. Is in like when you look at, you know, we we said I think it was at Monaco we were kind of questioning like, look, are we are we going to see Danny Ricardo, you know, are we going to see the best Danny Ricardo? And we were kind of not sure. Oh, I wasn't sure. I'm, I, you know, I'm, I think I'm right in saying that you weren't sure either. Um, but these past couple of races, um, he's been brilliant, and I think it's it's quite telling. And this is no respect to Lando Norris, obviously, because he's been brilliant as well. But Lando Norris has been in and around top three a handful of times, and McLaren's first win is with Daniel Ricciardo, um, not with Lando I feel Norris. Like, I feel like that was chance more than anything. Like in a sense, the reason Danny Rick won, well, to be he won on his own right, but. By and large, had there not been a sprint qualifying, yes, I do. Agree it would have been either a Mercedes, like he needed Bottas of the grid penalties. He needed a Hamilton Verstappen crash, or well, not well really, but you know, he was ahead at that point. But in a sense, had there not been the sprint qualifying, yes. in a sense, it would have just been Verstappen anyway. That's true. So, that's so, true. So, we, I think that's the same for all race winners that haven't been. Um, the, well, Hamilton or Verstappen. They've something's won happened. Something's happened to at least one or both of them. Well, it's mm. just one. But yeah, but yeah. I know I I agree with you on that. I I do think though, I agree with you in terms of the sprint qualifying. As in, if you have Hamilton at the front from the start of the race, I think there's an argument that he might well have just driven off. Um, mm-hmm. But in terms of the race itself, I think even if Verstappen and Hamilton hadn't have um, became well acquainted. I think uh, I think Ricardo would have won anyway. I really do. Hamilton wasn't. Yeah. He was struggling to get past Norris. He did eventually after 
I think it was around the pit stop time. He did eventually, but as in he was stuck behind him for a long time. And I would say that Ricardo was probably lapping a bit faster than Norris had been throughout the race. So, you know, because I think there was that period towards the end, wasn't there, where they kind of said to Ricardo and Norris, they said, right, all out to the end now, don't need to preserve tyres. And Ricardo just kind of went a little bit. He, he managed to pull out like Set a two-second gap. Yeah, so he was kind of gone. Um, but yeah, sorry, if you were going to say something that I kind of interrupted. Can't 100% remember what it was, but it was to do with Verstappen. <laughs> okay. I can't remember what it was, so ignore me. <laughs> um, was it in relation to Danny Ricardo? Probably was. Was it when he was following Danny Rick, possibly? Can't remember. Oh, I remember now. Verstappen may have won, but I think Red Bull, not outsmarted, but they thought back to Bahrain and they thought, we went early last time and messed it up. <laughs> so I think they are scared to make the jump on occasion. I think if Verstappen was to win that race with Ricardo where he was, mm. I think he needed to pit first. So before mm. Ricardo first, because when he, you know, when Ricardo did it first, Verstappen was like, well, that's that because these mm. tires are gone and I can't get anything more out of them. Mm. Um, and I think they needed to have a perfect pit stop, which they didn't. Yeah, yeah, and I think they said on commentary, didn't they? They said um, it very much looked like so. The McLaren pit crew came out, the Red Bull pit crew came out, and they said it was almost like Red Bull went right. Whatever they do, we do the opposite. Um, and I kind of understand that logic, but I agree with you. I think if he if they really wanted to go for the win they probably could have done with Pitt in before Ricardo and rolled the dice a little bit um, and as you say they could have done with a perfect pit stop and they ended up having an 11 second pit stop which is hardly ideal um, human error I think is what um, Christian Horner said after the race but you know that happens sometimes um, mm-hmm. right I guess we've avoided it long enough now we should probably talk about uh, Verstappen and Hamilton getting a bit too close for comfort he mounted him. <laughs> he did, yeah. I mean, I that that my my way of putting it was kind of the uh, impartial, politically correct way. But yeah, he he did basically just uh, mount uh, Lewis Hamilton's uh, car. Did uh, did Max Verstappen? Um, yeah. So for context, Verstappen um, pitted, had an eleven second pit stop, which dropped him down the grid a little bit. Hamilton pitted, was it the following lap or was it a couple of laps after? It was a couple of laps after because he managed to overtake Norris in that period. Yes, he did. So it was a couple well, of laps. He actually lost it to then after, but yeah. Yeah, so he he, uh, he pitted a couple of laps after. He also had a slow pit stop, not as slow as Verstappen's, but I think it was about four seconds, wasn't it? Um, mm-hmm. And they kind of come out. So Hamilton comes out of the pit lane, Verstappen's coming down the straight. They're side by side roughly going into turn one and then going into turn two, Verstappen's on the inside, Hamilton's on the outside, and then the next thing we knew, they were kind of in the gravel with Verstappen's car resting on Lewis Hamilton's head. Um, <laughs> well, and to, to be honest those... with you, when I saw this, I was like, oh my goodness, this is literally Senna and Prost. Like, it's this, it's, 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 it was scary. Like, when I watch it, I was like, it's like watching it. It's weird. Anyway, sorry, go on. Well, I was going to say, the I've got up document 64. Document 64 of the FIA, um, I don't know what you'd call this, document management thing. And this is basically a description of what happened and why they've awarded Verstappen a three-grid place penalty. And the okay. way they've described events was, car 44 was X in the pits. 
Car 33 was on the main straight. At the 50 metre board before turn 1, Car 44 was significantly ahead of Car 33. Car 33's Verstappen, mm-hmm. Car 44's Hamilton probably should have said that. Car 33 braked late and started to move alongside Car 44, although at no point in the sequence does Car 33 get any further forward than just behind the front wheel of Car 44. So that's mm-hmm. how they've described the sequence of the corner. Okay. Um, which, to be fair, I I can understand based on what their description is there, uh, what they are saying. But they are describing turn one as the chicane. They are not calling it turn one and two. They are calling turn one the chicane. And from that, I can understand what they are saying. They are saying that Hamilton was ahead going into that corner. Verstappen's tried something, hasn't pulled it off and has mounted him. So because Hamilton was ahead, that's Verstappen's fault. But where I carry issue is that I don't believe the chicane should be considered one turn. I think it should be turn one and turn two. And in my opinion... It is turn one and two, two. Well, no, they, 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 they view that as turn one, the whole chicane. Um, I, I think they just deem in the right as turn one, surely. Surely they deem in that as turn one, and then turn two is when you turn left. Is that not so what they So here we go. They continued. They said the stewards observed on CCTV footage, that's just the TV cameras, yeah, yeah. Uh, that, that the driver of car 44 was driving an avoiding line. Although his position caused car 33 to go onto the curb but further the stewards observed that car 33 was not alongside car 44 until significantly into the entry of turn one so significantly into the entry of turn one they are still calling they are saying the stackman was alongside significantly into the entry so they're still saying he was when basically they were side by side and the mounting started, he was still in the entry of turn no, one. So no, they considered no, that I, whole turn as turn I, one. No, I think they deem it where, where Verstappen has perhaps been a bit later on the brakes going around the outside after Hamilton's come out of the pits. I think that's where they're deeming it turn one. Is mm, it not? I don't know. I, I, that's, that's how so, I would have interpreted that. Well, the way I've interpreted it is they've considered turn one as the entire chicane which if mm. that is the case i don't agree with because i know i wouldn't agree with that i think that second turn i thought verstappen had a right to remain there. i think they were too far gone from you know i know a lot of people are saying he should have done what a lot of other people did and just gone on the off you know, the slip road thing and mm. you know swerved and re-entered but by that point you would have been behind so i think verstappen in his head thought I, I've got less to lose because Hamilton will drive off. He was quicker than Verstappen mm. on the day. Um, but I, putting that aside, I think they were too far. I think they'd gone past that point of going off to the left, which is why I didn't think it should have been uh, um, afterwards. But my, my initial thinking was that it was a racing incident. However, having watched it a bit further, um, the one, there are a couple of things that, I would say if you're going to apportion blame, it would be more Verstappen than Hamilton. Um, sorry, I'll agree with you on that. Um, because I think the first one was on the coverage afterwards. They were showing, they were doing like all of the slow mos, and Paul Deresta uh, said something a little bit similar to what you said in that basically he got alongside enough to warrant a little bit more give from Hamilton. 
because I thought Hamilton did veer, well, not veer to the right, but gave him room to at least challenge him and then closed it. And I thought, well, if Hamilton um, had just done the driving line, he sh- to be fair, at the same time, Hamilton was coming out of the pits, so he wasn't coming from the left-hand side well, of the track. Yeah, yeah. So I guess I, it, was, I think, it was quite awkward. And angle. I guess there may have been an element where Hamilton was thinking, right, well, I've given him enough room into turn one now. This is where I'm going to be like, no, this is my corner now. So he probably left him a bit of space just so that he didn't force him off the track. And then he was kind of probably expecting that in turn two, Verstappen would have pulled out, whether that was going over the curb or dropping in behind Hamilton. Whatever that may be, Hamilton possibly may have thought, right, he needs to give way now. Um, But I think Damon Hill then said, um, if you look at that footage, the gap that there is between the apex of the corner and where Hamilton's car is, you're never going to fit a car in there, which I would agree with. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, I think what didn't go in Verstappen's favour was the, and I know it's a different corner, um, but turn, was it turn four? Yeah. yeah, turn four, turn four lap one, they go into the chicane, they kind of, similar sort of positions, except Verstappen's the car that's slightly ahead. Hamilton takes avoiding action, but action bumps over the curbs and they keep racing. Um, and I think um, Johnny Herbert summed it up the best for me. And he said, sometimes as a Formula One driver, there are battles that you go into and there are battles that you don't go into. And I think for me, that was one of those ones that Verstappen perhaps should have used his head a little bit and gone, no, do you know what? I'm not going to challenge that. Um, oh, I can uh, see why he did it. He, he thought, I'm losing points. <laughs> possibly. Possibly. But from a, but, but if you if you ignore the... Just from a purely from that corner, that scenario, um, I think, yeah, I think there's a little bit of... Um, I don't know. I think perhaps if you are going to apportion blame, I think you're probably more likely to apportion to Verstappen than you would to Hamilton. Um, and I think the outcome of this was that Verstappen has got a three-place grid penalty for Russia. Um, and I think some people have said that's harsh. I think that's fair. Um, and my reason being that at Silverstone, Hamilton got a 10-second penalty in the race, which is a more significant penalty than a three-place grid penalty. From the start of the grid. Well, yeah, because you think when you're stopping for 10 seconds, all of the other cars are still moving. At least when you've got a three-place grid. You think Verstappen could have gained close to 10 seconds on Ricardo had he been ahead out of turn one. The seconds doesn't matter as much for the front runners as the grid place where you can be stuck behind them. Is there a 10-second gap between first and third on a grid at the start of a race? Not at the start, no. No, well, there we are then. It's as simple as that. Verstappen's penalty. Oh, no, no, that's that's a, that's a minimalist way of looking at that. Because, How is it course, minimalist? Because because you can't just say, oh, it's a less than a ten second gap between first and third on the grid. You look at it on the race. You if you can't get past, if you don't get past at the beginning, you're stuck behind them, and the people ahead just drive yeah, off. And it's nothing but you Hamil- can do. Ham- but Hamilton, when he had to do that penalty, he had to stop in the pits. So he had, he's losing the time and he's losing position. On track, behind the cars. Okay, so I, I let's go that Dutch Grand Prix. The gap to the first or second was 20 seconds. <laughs> at the end it was, yeah. At yeah. the end it was, but at the start of a race, as in, 
Verstappen at the start of the race has still got the opportunity to be immediately behind second and first. Hamilton, when he has to do his 10-second pit stop, has to stop for 10 seconds in the pits. All of the other cars are still going full tilt. And then when he comes out, yeah, he is there behind he can cars. Do, he can do that pit when he wants. He can do that when he's got a 10-second lead, so he's still ahead. Whilst if he you're can. three grid places behind, instantly you've got to find a way of getting past those three, in which time the front runners may have gained way more than that, if that's if you they even may, can overtake. Because they, they you couldn't overtake at Monza. They may have, they may have gained time, but I would, I would argue that you're more likely to gain time in in the middle of a race than you are from a, a standing start when the other driver has stopped. So that you've got, at least when you've got it on the grid, you've got Verstappen, say Verstappen qualifies on pole and then he drops down to fourth. The gap is fixed between fourth and first, on like in terms of distance. Whereas when Hamilton's got to do his 10 second gap, okay, I get what you're saying in that he can, he can gain that time back initially and then take the penalty. But when he is stationary... All of the other cars are still moving at full tilt. Mm. I, I I get what you're saying, but I don't think I don't I I'd say the ten seconds is less harsh purely because I understand what you're saying. You can overtake in in the first lap if you're quick enough and you get past them. But if you don't, I think from there on out, I, I mean, assume you don't overtake that turn, and let's say let's say you're five laps into a race. Would you rather be five laps into a race and then take 10 seconds off your lead or would you rather be five laps into a race and three grid places behind i take the 10 seconds off my lead <laughs> it's like i, I, I think take the three you can build behind. up the 10 seconds much quicker than you can to get past those people i mean you've seen it in multiple races if you're stuck behind them you're stuck behind I, uh, them. but i think it depends on the track i think it depends it does, on the track it does depend on the and, track and, and in Russia, there's very many tracks that favor the three grid place penalty i mean I, I I still think that I I would argue that I'd rather have a, a three place grid penalty. For, well, here we go. Perfect example. Valtteri Bottas started at the back of the grid and ended up third. I give you that on this circuit. Oh, I, I get what you mean. Yeah, it's dependent. It's dependent on it's circuit. I'm not. Oh, and I'm not. Saying Although I will say, I will say, he did overtake a fair few. Firstly, because there were so many retirements. Yes, and there were five. He did. And in a sense, oh, there are variables. All of those advantages, which there are variables. Don't is, get me this wrong. This is one of those circuits you can overtake on. If yeah, and but ultimately, when, you, when you're up with the front runners, it is a lot harder. I mean, he, he didn't manage yeah. to overtake once he got up there, which was the mm. telling thing. Yeah, I mean, ultimately, the bottom line is a penalty is a penalty. So you're never gonna have a good penalty. Are you? As in, it's no. always gonna hinder. Um, I guess what I'm saying is ultimately is that it was the leanest. I think it's it's the lightest penalty they can give. I think. Um, well, the thing is, that's, that's the thing. I don't think it was worthy of a penalty, personally. I think it was more Verstappen's fault than mm, Hamilton's. But I wouldn't well, have said... I, just, I, I, mean, I still think that was a racing incident. I think it was a racing incident. But then I also thought that the Hamilton-Verstappen one at Silverstone was a racing incident, and they penalised that. So, mm-hmm. And then we also had the one at Austria... Oh, where I can stand the Yeah, they had Norris. <laughs> I think it was Norris and Perez where they just kept penalising. Um yeah. So, I mean, ultimately, they're being consistent, aren't they? So, that's kind of where I'm at. Um, as long as they're consistent, you can't really ask for much more than that. Um, I would say either it's a racing incident or, depending on your view... Oh, I don't know, see, I keep I keep flicking between the two because there's a part of me that thinks, you know, 
it's racing and you don't always have to penalise when two cars go off. However, there is a part of me that thinks Verstappen is quite quick to say, oh, you can give me any space. But then at lap one, turn four, he literally does the same thing that Hamilton did to him and Hamilton has to take evasive action. So there's a part I, of me that thinks that it's like, I, well, you know. I would say the difference though at that turn was the manner in it happened in a sense. Verstappen was the car on the outside going into turn one and he was coming across the turn in a sense. So the person on the inside didn't yeah. have anywhere to go. Whilst at turn okay. four, Verstappen was the inside. So in a sense, the car on the outside at least you know, had an alternative. He couldn't be, he could be squeezed, but there was definitely something to do about it. That was what I was sort of, yeah. But do you not just think there's an element that, so what you're saying is, is that for the first lap incident, Verstappen was on the left, Hamilton was on the mm-hmm. right, but then the chicane is left, right. And then it just flipped for the first one, which is right, left. Well, no, because what I'm saying is, so is not- Verstappen... I'd say he was more ahead, but if you know, he was the car that was ahead, at least, you know, towards it. Uh, but he was the car on the inside. Yeah. So he was dictating the line and he was the inside. So in a sense, if there's no room for Hamilton, he could at least go behind or go off. Whilst for the yeah, because see... he was on the inside of that one where it was Hamilton coming, who was uh, the sort of car that was more ahead at the start of it. In a sense, there was nowhere really for him to go. But at what point are you deeming inside? Because if you think of turn one, if Hamilton's on the right of the track, mm-hmm. then technically going into turn one, he is on the inside. And at that point, before you reach turn two, that's where Verstappen should give up, not when you're going into turn two. Mm. Uh, uh, Do you know what I, I mean? Get... As in, like, if you think if you think about turn four, you had Verstappen on the left-hand side of the track, drifting across to the right before reaching turn five which is the exit of the chicane. Hamilton probably would have done the same. Turn one, he was on the right-hand side, drifting to the left, but Verstappen kept his car there. So what really should have happened, I I think, is Verstappen should have gone over the sausage curve to the left before they reached turn two, which is what Hamilton did on the first lap. Okay. Maybe. Yeah, but that's what I mean, is it is... It's, and and this is why there's a part of me, there's a part of me that thinks. Let me put it this way: I think had we not had that incident, I say incident, wasn't an incident. Had we not had that on turn, uh, turn four lap one, where Verstappen pretty much did the exact same thing that Hamilton did, I would possibly go ask oh, a racing incident. But I do think there are times where somebody said to me the other day, and it did make me chuckle, and they said Verstappen sometimes. It's almost like he shoots somebody in the face and then blames them for being in the way of the bullet. <laughs> and there is a, little, a bit of part of me that's like, yeah, I kind of see that. As in sometimes he's quick to say, oh, he's got to give me space. Oh, we've got to work together. But then he goes and does the exact same that Hamilton did. The exact same thing that Hamilton did on turn um, one lap, whatever it was. So I think it's a... I, I would say, race. if there's like a scale of Hamilton's fault, Verstappen's fault, and then in the middle you've got racing incident, I would say I'm kind of just over halfway towards Verstappen 
between Racing Incident and Verstappen, if that makes sense. I can see what you mean, because in a sense, Verstappen's the person who can avoid the contact, in a sense. He, he yes. could have decided to go off a little earlier. But... Like Hamilton did. Like he did. I still I still follow the narrative that Verstappen, for two and four lap one, Verstappen was on the inside. There was never a danger of a crash there. Just because of the, well, there the are, positions yeah, but of the car. If you say that, if Hamilton had left his car there, then there is. Because of the turn but he after. didn't. Well, yeah, because that that's... that's, mm. that's I, I, I don't agree with that on... as much because the distance between the two turns was so much greater. Like, in a sense, for the first one, it's a chicane. Bang, bang. There's no, there's no, yeah. there's no drive in between. But, Whilst for turn, lap one, turn four, that's got a length, quite a significant yeah. length, where it was like, well, it's a new turn if, at that point. But if you think about turn four, if Hamilton leaves his car basically on the curb, which is where Verstappen was going into turn one, I think they would crash. If if Hamilton doesn't take avoiding they, action, they would crash if he left his car on the curb. But I think in that scenario, yeah. had they crashed, I think everyone would say that was Hamilton's fault because in that scenario, it yeah. would look foolish to stay on the curb, like. Verstappen, and I would think it was the same Vers- for no, lap one. Verstappen drove and in a sense closed the gap, said, no, we're not allowing Hamilton around there. And I don't think he did that in an unsafe manner. Whilst I feel at turn, uh, turn one, whatever lap it was, on that scenario, there wasn't re- it wasn't really Hamilton driving to block Verstappen or in a sense drive him you know, off the track in a sense to stop him from overtaking. I think he just, he left him room and then squeezed him you know, with no alternative way for him to go. He, yeah, but if you say that, you could argue that what you're saying there is that if Hamilton had been more aggressive and just cut the gap up completely... Not cut the gap up. Then... He, he left him room, in a sense, then squeezed. Yeah, but yeah, but that's what I'm saying. But if, you, if but what you're saying is, is that if he had left him no room at all, that would have been better than what Hamilton did, which I'm not sure is the case, because then you are literally cutting him up. He's not cutting him up because he was ahead... He was heading to turn one, yeah. and at turn two, he decided to deviate from his line, almost giving Verstappen the room, and then decided again to cut him back off. I think you yeah, got to stick in, to a line. You can't, you can't go, you can't go in and then go out, then go back in again. It's like it's one or the other. Whilst at yeah, turn but, four, lap one, Verstappen was like, "I'm taking the inside," and that was the end of it. Yeah, but as in, but you saying I'm taking the inside, and that's the end of it. If Hamilton had left his car there, there would have been a crash. No, because he wasn't like on the inside. Was on he was on the one. outside of that turn. There was there was no way the, well, yeah, there was no way Hamilton was going to keep with him through that turn to yeah, the then, next turn. But, yeah, but then this is but this is where is this is where you're differentiating because what you're saying is is that the point where um, Hamilton is pushed out at turn four is different from the point where Verstappen should have pulled out at turn one. And I don't think it is because ultimately, when you look at ultimately they both chicanes. Hamilton pulled out before the second turn in the chicane. Verstappen didn't pull no, out before the I, second turn in the chicane. I I don't think turn four is that much. I don't. It's it's a different type of chicane, is what I'm saying. Yeah, but it's still a chicane. No, 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 no. I, it's a different type of chicane, and the re- reason I'm saying that is that the turn one one is in a sense once you've gone in, you're straight onto the next one. Whilst the turn four one, it's you know, there's a couple, there's about thirty meters between those two. I don't know how many meters. I can't. I haven't seen it in the flesh, but there's a much more significant gap between. So, had he been there, they'd have almost been driving at 
a very short straight to the next turn. I wouldn't call that one a chicane as much as this one. It, they're two different types of chicanes. The first one cuts back on itself. The second one doesn't. There's a significant gap between those two where mm. I, I don't think... You can't hang it on the inside through that one and be justified as much as you could for this turn, in my opinion. I... Oh, I I'm not sure you can say that you can hang your car there and not expect something to happen unless somebody has given you a significant amount of space, well, turn one and turn going two. going back to document 64, mm. to be honest, I misread, and it does actually say that they separated the turn, the two turns, but it's where they've uh, separated them is probably more where my issue is. But they said, during the hearing, the driver of car 33 asserted that the cause of the incident was driver of the car 44 opening the steering after turn one and squeezing him into the apex of turn two. So there... Car 33 assumes that he opened the steering to allow him in. And then driver of car 44 said that car 33 attempted to pass very late and should have given up the corner by backing off sooner. So I think in that scenario, I think, uh, oh, I'll say that. If we go even further on, in the opinion of the stewards, the maneuver was attempted too late for car 33 to have the right to racing room. So uh, it's, it's, a, it's a tough one there, but both... Oh, of both, course it is. It's, it's a tough, it is a tough Both one. the FIA and Verstappen thought that Hamilton left him some room, but they were saying that Verstappen went into that room too late. So, yeah. I mean, I, I, I get what you're saying, but there's a part of me that thinks that the alternative is either that he just lets him through, which Lewis Hamilton is never going to do, n- nor would any other Formula 1 driver... Or he leaves him no room in which you're almost guaranteed to crash anyway. So I, I don't know why he went wide, though. Out of the turn. Well, Hamilton. Yeah, I, I know he was taking an awkward line because he was coming out of the pits, so he didn't. He couldn't go to the left-hand side of the track to start his entry. But in a sense, he, he had the inside line at turn one, and he he could have just stayed on the inside into turn two. But it was almost like he, well, he, he gave a bit he, of room and then decided to come in later on. I don't know why he, he gave prob- the room He the probably... He probably tried to squeeze him, as in, because ultimately, if he if he just darts across to the left, Hamilton, uh, sorry, Verstappen's going to rear end him, and that would be Hamilton's fault. If he just sticks to the, because of the nature of the chicane, if you stick to the right hand side, I'm not sure you'd get good enough drive to. No, I don't either, but I don't know get... why he went to the right hand side. He, because because the way he was first, and I thought he could just stay on the inside, and you you can get inside of yeah. both in theory. Um, but, mm. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, I feel like we could debate this for... Well, there's a reason why people are still talking about it and we're Thursday of the of the follow... You know, after the race. So, you know, we could probably go on about it for ages. Um, but ultimately, they both ended up out of the race. And I think out of the two drivers, the driver that will probably be happier would probably be Verstappen, given that yeah. you'd have had Monza as a Mercedes track. Um, you know what? I yeah, think... Yeah, but on to the next one, I guess. I think... Verstappen would take the crash and a three-grid place penalty over letting Hamilton go away from him there. Possibly. Points, points are Possibly. everything. It's like, it's like the old adage in football, do you take them... I always think about this. Um, I thought about it in the Champions League final when Chelsea played City, and when Havertz was through, I thought, do you take down the man, take the red card, but stop the goal? And, I, and if they had, they would have... You know what I mean? They... they Potentially, it would be nil-nil still, and who knows how it could have ended up. But I think you always stop the points, first and foremost. It's, just, it's a points game. 
you can make up the other ones. So what you're saying is, is that Verstappen did it on purpose? Um. <laughs> no, I, no, I, I genuinely. No, I, I'm joking. No, no, joking. I, 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 I wouldn't say he didn't. Ooh. Do it on purpose. Yeah. I, I think. Very. I think he could have gone off, but he thought it means more to Hamilton than me if this mm. uh, crash happens, and I'll take a crash. Yeah, maybe, maybe. Um. Anyway, move it. Moving on from Verstappen and Hamilton. So yeah, the race finished. Danny Rick in first, Lando Norris second, Bottas third. Which, just saying, a third place finish for Bottas is insane, considering he was at the back of the I grid. I did feel quite bad. I know for he had Perez the new engine and stuff because that was a five second penalty for for an instant where bit. the FIA could have said give the position back. <laughs> it, it was like it was. A, I, I think he True, was in the but wrong. It was. But it was didn't a. Give, he didn't tell. It me. was a pretty. It was a pretty significant corner cut, and he should have known that he needs to give that back. Yeah, <laughs> it was massive. Yeah. It was like something that we would do when we're playing F one twenty twenty against each other. That's true. <laughs> uh, but yeah, they didn't say um, then. If it was that obvious that they were going to give a five second, I, I thought maybe a three. Yeah, they should. Three done, would have been a more sporting penalty to give, but hey ho. Yeah. Um, it's been a long time since McLaren had won a race. They hadn't won one since uh, Lewis Hamilton was racing yeah, for them, and that's been a long time. Last win was 2012. 2012, was it? Last 1-2 yeah. was 2010. It was Ricardo's eighth win, but it's yeah. first since 2018. I can't remember what race, though. So, yeah. Monaco. Was it? Fair play. Was, it was, was Monaco was his last win. Oh, yeah, Danny Rick. Yeah, he's Mr. Well, apart, I was about to say, he's Mr. Monaco, apart from this season, where he had an absolute stinker. <laughs> true, true. Um, but yeah, it, it was nice to see. Um, it was nice to see McLaren at the front. I don't know. I feel there's a little bit of me that's hoping that when the regulation changes come in, that teams like McLaren, less so Ferrari, because I feel like they've been a little bit of uh, they've suffered from their own stupidity a little bit. I think um, there's a part of me that's like I would really like McLaren to be back in the hunt a little bit. Um, yeah. Um, does that bring us to the end of the podcast? It does. I think it does. It does bring us to the end of the podcast. Um, well, thank you all for listening. Um, I think we've got a week break in the Formula One now. We've got a week off and then Russia. Yeah, I don't think they'll do a quadruple um, header. No, they wouldn't do a quadruple header, you're right. Um, and to be fair, you would have gone from being like in Central Europe, in Belgium... Uh, the Netherlands and Italy, all the way to Russia. <laughs> like, to be fair, you I think the distance between the Netherlands and Italy is that. Is yeah, that maybe. That? No, put, this probably would have been. But to be fair, they they've done they've done more significant jumps. But yeah, yeah, they have. That's true. <laughs> but in a quadruple header, that would be epic. Would. Um, a bit much. But yeah, so Russia's the next race. Um, I'm not sure what we'll be doing in between because we've got a bit of football going, haven't we? We have. Um, we've also got the NFL started back this weekend. That's a good point. Forgot about um, it. and there was some, yeah, there was some good games there. Um, but yeah, um, as always, we're on. Well, I say as always, it's been a long time since I've done this bit. Right, as always, we are on YouTube and Spotify. So if you this is on one of those, why not follow or subscribe? Um, based on the platform you're listening on. Um, we're on Google Podcast, Apple Podcast, Breaker, Anchor. Pocket casts. I think I've done yeah, them all. I think so. I think so. There's, there's enough to be getting on with there. Um, Jack, pleasure as always. Gracias. 
and we shall speak to you all soon. Mm -hmm.